Good afternoon, I'm Darren Kelly and welcome to the ladies football edition of the Curtain Razor. On tonight's show, we talk to former Galway manager Stephen Glennon ahead of the commencement of the championship there this evening. And we catch up with Antrim chairperson Sean O'Rafferty, who gives us the lowdown on the contenders to stop St. Paul's in the Saffron County. We have all the weekend fixtures and the midweek results here on The Curtain Razor. And we will begin now with the midweek results in ladies football. Starting with the Dublin Senior Ladies Football Championship, Clonagale Fontenoy 3-12, St. Bridget's 4-8. Foxford Cabantilly 114, Nafina 11 points. Kilmacud Croaks 118, Fingallians 8 points. And Thomas Davis 121, St. Sylvester's 13 points. Wexford Senior Ladies Football quarterfinals. Adamstown 5-14, Clongeen 4-4, Clonlee 2-10, Clonard Volunteers 1-5. Crossabeg Ballymoran 3-12, St Anne's 2-9 and Shelmalier 9-21, Dumbrody Gales 1-3. In the Cork Senior Ladies Football Championship, West Cork 2-15, Era Oak 9 points. Kerry Senior Ladies Football Championship, Nagale 5-14, Buford 4-7 and Ratmore 2-11, Southern Gales 1-14, a draw. On to Tipperary, Clamel Commercials 2-9, Brian Barouz 1-11, Templemore 1-11, Fedard 11 points. In the Clare Senior Ladies Football Championship, Kilmel 4-8, Dora Bearfield 1-8, West Clare Gales 3-15, Cool Gales 3-7. Donegal Senior Ladies Football Championship, Mofell 2-17, Boncrana 1-8. Armagh Senior Ladies Football Quarter-Final, Grange Dave Collin Kill 3-10, Grain Moore 1-13. And finally in the Tyrone Senior Ladies Football Championship, Akyaran 2-13, Cookstown Fodder Rocks 2-7. I'm delighted to be joined now by a former Galway Senior Ladies Football Manager, Stephen Glennon from the Connacht Tribune. And Stephen, uh, the long wait is over and Galway Ladies Football is back up and running this weekend. Yeah, it's great to, the, the ladies are back up. I know they've had a couple of rounds of the Cohen Cup uh, to get all the players up and running again. And you had the county players that are involved in that. And it's actually quite very well run. And speaking to some of the managers this week, they're delighted with the way it's run in terms of that they have their county players for for such a long time leading into the championship and then the championship itself. And then the Cohen Cup will finish itself out without the county players as they return to inter-county preparation and action uh, in September, October. It's a recurring team among many counties. The Cohen Cup, of course, is Galway's league competition, but no different to what the inter-county in some cases is expected there in the year. I know it's on the women's game, but they're getting a couple of league games to gel the panel together. And as you said, their managers actually have access to their players, something they would not normally have. Yeah, and just right across the board, ladies and men, there's just such a, there's, I suppose, a little bit of joy about the whole thing in terms of, first, they've been able to play the game, but secondly, that they've got this opportunity where they can all work together and all play together. Um, and there's no this club v county division. Um, like if, if the powers that be right across the border looking in, to be honest, there is no, it should be no argument. This is the way to go. Um, club players are just as valuable as the county players. Um, uh, and vice versa. Like there's, there's, there should be room made for both, but you should have more defined seasons where club isn't overlapping county and, you know, you're, you're, Pitching, pitching, I suppose, club managers and county managers against each other and club setups and county setups against each other. Um, I definitely think that you can see it in other countries. And like I always point to American football, the way their, their uh, competition is run, where they get one month's preparation in August, start in September. All the top teams know where they are by the end of December, early January. And then you're finished in the first weekend in February and done and dusted until August again. 
why can't we do that for for our our competitions over here right across the board where we have a, a, a set period for county and a set period for club and and and, and not be making these ridiculous demand demands on players at times you know yeah because it's it's like as many have said it's fallen by accident too but um, it's, the April window is all fine in, in certain aspects but we know that doesn't work everywhere but as you were just saying there as well we, we've, we stumbled across a club window and an inter-county window and it's only a matter now of just working out how to make it a more permanent arrangement Well that's it and probably there's too many uh, I suppose like the National League competition you know you're going to have to look at that again you know I, I actually think it's a better competition in, in many respects than the Championship because an awful lot of time there's nearly more to play for. Um, you're always looking up to pick, pick up points. Uh, it, it just seems a more even, everything seems to be on a much more even keel earlier on the year. And then when you get to championship uh, and you hit the hit the summer months, uh, usually it's usually the big counties that, that take over, you know, I suppose Cork and Dublin ladies in, in recent years, Dublin men as well. And, you know, in the good times, Kilkenny, you know, in Hurland. So I, I, I just think that, you know, they, they, first you mentioned the April month. I think that's the, to me that's a small bit of a joke. You know, you're asking club players to prepare for for maybe one game, two games, and then they mightn't have anything else for three or four months again. And it's, it's I don't know, it's almost it's an afterthought. And and play and club players know that. Okay, so why not have a competition where you can amalgamate your national league and championship together, um, run it over X amount of months. Elite players get get to, to operate in that environment that they can't. Like by by not be, having demands made off them by the club scene, um, supporters get to go and watch quality games, and everybody's happy. And then jump into your club club season where it's uninterrupted. Uh, county players can come back, and and like one of the things that's come back from from right across the board again, and it's it's basically that the that with the county players back in their club scenes, it has it, the standard of training has has risen. Um, and players, club players are improving probably because of that. So why can't we have a situation where clubs can always have their quality players available, rise the standard? And again, that lifts the following season. That should lift the, the boat for, for uh, the inter-county scene as well. Just picking up on a point there, Stephen, um, regards because ladies football before the uh, COVID-19 pandemics kicked in were we're going to organise a championship board of two groups of six. Now, I'd agree that trying to condense that a bit more to free up more club time would be the way to go. But um, they were trying to make sure that their championship was as ultra-competitive as the league, as you touched on. Yeah, and to me, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be against that because you're, you're real quality games. Like, at the end of the day, it's a product. Ladies football, is, you, you want to sell ladies football to, to, to all the, the girls out there, all the aspiring young players. And the more visible it is, it makes it... Um, the more visible it is, it, it makes it more meaningful because we know we all know that right again, right between all sports, but uh, particularly in in, in uh, the ladies' games, you have player drop off at you know 14, 16, 18. Um, so why not make your uh, package as attractive as possible? Now, where I would probably disagree is that when you have such a long league campaign and then you're thrown into the uh, thrown into a situation where you have maybe five, six, seven games with the county, your club tends to get squeezed out then a little bit. And we know with the ladies game, you have uh, under 16 players, minor players, all play with their other club teams as well. So you have to make room for them competitions at county level, which puts further uh, pressure on the club scene. 
So you probably, it, it all probably needs to be looked at again. This been this year has been an opportunity to reflect in many respects. Um, have a look back. Can we keep both sides happy? And I think we can by having a defined uh, club 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 window and a defined intercounty window, and let you play off your under your under 16s, your minors and seniors uh, in that club, in that intercounty window, and then leave the rest for the club because the club game is so important. Um, and not just having it, you know, run off maybe in four or five weeks. That can can happen in some counties. In fairness, fairness, Galway ladies football do try to provide a, a good seri- a good series of games for the club players. But again, that puts pressure on the intra-county players at times as well. And the thing as well is, that, as you said, trying to, to fit us all in fairly because understandably the organisers are going to want their inter-county um, on television because that's where they can make an awful lot of money and build up the attractiveness. Like Davies Football was 56,000 going to Crow Park as well. But then you, you do see at the end of the year where the clubs are squeezing. Like an argument to put out, Stephen, could like the inter-county finishing before the August Bank holiday weekend, could that be the way to go in the future or at least free up four, possibly five months of the year um, for the club scene, oh, definitely. I think if, if 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 clubs knew that and players knew that, I think they'd buy into that. No, no problem. You still have your your uh, you can still run your leagues, your Cohen Cup in Galway uh, over that summer period to give your your club players uh, plenty of football throughout the summer because intercounty players are going to get it with their Galways and their Corks and their Dublins anyway. So they they, they don't need the pressure of having to appear for the club anyway. So. I, I definitely think like that it's something that can be can be worked, but you need the power, the willpower at national level, county board level, and even at club level because they have to have a say in this. The club is the grassroots um, to get this done. But if 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 clubs knew that they were starting the first week in August or second week in August, you know, I think they'd be very happy with that and get get your championship run off over the eight weeks to the end of October for those that advance going to Connacht. October, November, and you know, last year we had a cracking final in December with down in Limerick between Kilcurn, Cumbernan, and, and Moran Abbey. So you know, it, it, it can be done. Um, uh, it's, it's just a matter of, of, of people having the, I suppose, the drive to do it. Darren, we certainly hope that does come because, like we're seeing here, and you just mentioned earlier on, the joy and even talking to various different people around the country as well. They just love being back involved with the club. When we come to Galway, Stephen, as we just start our preview of the Galway Senior Championship, could that joy come to an end very quickly when I utter two words, Kilcur and Clumburn? I think, I think so. You know, and I know uh, they're just so dominant, Darren, aren't they? Like, you know, I'm just chatting to managers this week and I was chatting to a, a, a high-profile uh, trainer there who was saw one of their games recently as well and he was just taken aback by how well they move um, on and off the ball. And I think that's that's probably where Kilcorn can burn in, in, in Galway ladies, Corfin and the men's. That's why they, they just have this movement and this work rate and this hunger and desire off the, off, off the ball to work. Um, and I think that's a key factor. The other thing probably is that you have competition in the squad. You know, to get on the Kilcurn Clumburn ladies team, you know, you have to be really tuned in. You have to be turning up to your sessions. Um, you have to be willing to push the player in front of you. And from what I can see, looking at their panel, they certainly have that. And, you know, 
definitely the influx of younger players and we've seen they won the minor title there a few weeks ago again in defeating Dunmore McHale so you know they're they, they have, going to have more players coming through so they're not going to go, any, to, to go anywhere I think the challenge for uh, other clubs is to get up to that standard um, Clare Galway obviously have plenty of talent we've seen that over the years and they're, they're always there or thereabouts um, they're probably best positioned but that doesn't rule out any other, other club you know we've if you look over even the underage teams, under 16, under 14 in recent years, there's been plenty of players from Anna Down, and Mona Cales, Corafin, uh, Mike Cullen, you know, they, they, they all have to have a ch- give themselves a chance or, or why else would they go at it? But I think where maybe they fall down, Darren, is that, and again, chatting to clubs this week for the preview, is that, you know, there's not the same level of help there on the ground in those clubs as that would be in the in the men's game. Um you know, it's struggling to get a manager at the start of the year for some of those clubs. It's struggling to get people involved. Um, and that, that's probably where... And I don't know why, because I haven't been involved in ladies' football. It's such an enjoyable game. The You know, it it, it really is a great game to watch. It's, they're, they're probably more coachable than the lads in a lot of cases. Um, and I, I, I just feel, you know, it's... it's I, I think... I don't know if it's... People within clubs look down at it, or, or or something like that. But it shouldn't be the case because it's a top quality game. And uh, you know, if if you give the commitment, the experience that you get out of it in terms of your own coaching and in terms of uh, the enjoyment factor is, is is excellent. I'm going to come back to you in that point in a couple of minutes, Stephen, about the ladies' football, and you'll understand why when I come to it. But as we're talking about clubs that could challenge Kilcur and Clumburn and they are just setting a level above everyone else in Galway at the moment. They're opening round opponents and I know they've two Cone Cup games played but first game of championship is really where it's at. Um, as a club that has really made rapid improvements in the last couple of years is Moy Cullen and they're going to be Kilcur and Clumburn's first opponents on Saturday evening. Yeah, and uh, like Moy Cullen have some, some outstanding players who we know that from county level with uh, Alva Davern, like the girl is just a machine on the on the field, and you know, two years ago before she got her uh, cruciate injury, she had three seven three eight put up in the championship against top quality opposition. You have Anya McDonough there, and you know when Anya's tuned in, there's probably not a better player in the country as well in terms of work rate, in terms of uh, taking the game to opponents. Um, so like they're two big players, but then. All around, then you know you have the Carters, you have the Hineses, and you see Molly Hines, uh, another an, another great player coming through for them. Um, and again, the Daverns as well are, are there. Alva's sister Elena and and uh, Caitlin is coming through. Um, you know, so you you've 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 plenty of talent there. Again, uh, chatting to Park Davern this week, their manager. You know, he said it's a small panel. Um, which is not, not necessarily a bad thing either because if you can get a, 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 a team or a small squad like that to gel together and everybody puts their shoulder to the wheel, you're, you, you'll get results. Um, and sometimes a smaller panel is nearly bigger than trying to keep 30 players happy. Um, so, you know, it's just, it, I suppose for them, it's just a measure of belief. How far can they push Kilkern Clumburn? Um, you know, you try to nail down one Kilkern Clumburn player and another one steps up in, in into the into into the breach. Um, doing the preview this week, even you you seen like your name and off. You know you're leaving off your Noon sisters and the wards and and all these players, and you're leaving out in like Annette Clark. Of course, is still there and still 
still the spiritual leader of the team. You know, you've cleared on Levy, you have Siobhan uh, Fahey there in the corner. You know, there's the, the just so many quality players, and I'm sure uh, number seven, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 is, is just as good when 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 they're when they're handing out the jerseys the next day. Um, but it's again, it's hard pr- probably to see beyond Kilcurran Clamburn for for the quality they have and where they're coming from. You know, chasing that eighth eighth consecutive title. You mentioned there the Ward sisters, and we do um, a segment here in sports that's called the Fair Green, where we do a featured player and they pick a fantastic four. And already the Ward sisters have two nominations. That's how highly respected they are across the country. But you take them out of the current Burn team, just name drop, like Annette Clark. We all know about her in Galway, that those new sisters are still young coming through. Olivia Divley as well, who's an experienced campaigner for somebody so young too. And it just goes to show, like, I know that... Um, they're going to be focusing solely on Galway first and looking ahead but uh, you get the feeling it's inevitable that they're going to cross paths with the likes of a Karna Khan and possibly a Moan Abbey down the line oh, You'd imagine so and you know that's not to say that Galway Championship is done and dusted that might be a disservice to other teams but I think other teams are realistic as well that there is a there is a gap there and for a lot of those teams it's bridging the gap um, like I suppose for me, the only one I would see maybe of maybe getting closer or or or, or it would be Clare Galway. Okay, um, for the rest of them, it's about getting to semi-finals. Um, but you need you need them other teams need to get to a, get to a semi-final, but then look to next year to to go one step better. You, you, there's no team going to come from nowhere to get where Kilcarn Clamburn have been and where they're probably going to go this year again in one year. It can't happen, especially in the current year where you have had COVID and teams have bro- broke for, for four four months or, or whatever from training. So, you know, for me, a lot of those teams, it's about improvement. It's about setting your stall out for next year and the year after. Um, and again, you went back to, when we're mentioning players there, we never mentioned the two day release, Siobhan, Siobhan or, or, or Olivia, and we never mentioned Chloe Meskill. So you could keep going on and on about, uh, about what they have. And, I know when Kevin Reedy manager, like, you know, we might be talking talking about how good they are and everything like that, but Kevin won't be looking beyond the Mike Cullen game and he'll be, that, that's probably the, the, the secret of their success as well. They don't look too far ahead. Um, they, they pretty much stay in the moment and play in the moment. And again, that's probably where, the, where why they're, where they are. Well, two teams that might use this interview for a bit of motivation would be Claire Galway, as we've mentioned, and also Cora Finn, who've tested Kieran Clumburn in recent years. They both have away games on Saturday night. Claire Galway are heading off to Kinnamaddy Williamstown, and Cora Finn take on Abrams Dunmore McHales. Yeah, and uh, I suppose for Kinnamaddy Williamstown, it's a big ask moving up, a, moving up a level, and we've already seen that with Luke Derard there in the men's game a, a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's 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 a big step up. Um, but, and again, from what I gathered from uh, Lorna Fallon, that uh, their player manager is that they've lost a few from last year as well. But you know, again, they've. I don't, you probably remember Darren. I remember Mary Fahey has come back and from. I think she was Australia, New Zealand, that down that direction. And when she was playing schools football, she she was a dynamo and she was a joy to watch. And it's great to see that a player of her her ilk is back in the game again. Um, and again, they have they have good players, you know. And jo- Joanna Connolly is probably one of the most experienced goalkeeper in the county. Noel Connolly as well, a very experienced player, Irish Cannon, you know. So they have they have Claire Gibbons, the captain. So they have plenty of players there. But again, when what they're facing is, is a team that you know won the junior junior last year and have a team playing in senior senior this year and a team playing in intermediate. 
So it just shows you the quality of player that Clare Galway are producing as well. And Clare Galway are bringing, bringing footballers through across the board as well. The word in Curra Finn, they weren't too far away a couple of years ago, and one could argue they probably should have beaten Kilcar and Burn in a, in a county final, but they seem to have come backwards in the last year or two. Yeah, it's, 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 I suppose it's hard to know with Curra Finn. You know, they, they definitely have very good players. Um, you know, they have the two Leonards there, uh, Roisin and Tracy, but I believe Roisin is carrying a bit of an ankle injury at the moment and don't know what involvement she's going to play in the club championship. Um, and there's a, a number of other players there as well that, that can make, you know, Leanne Cohen, Amy Cohen, Devin Nicole Fowley, a former Sligo player and who played rugby with Connacht as well. She's she's there now with them as well. Um, and she's going to be an important player for them because defensively, Corfin have struggled over the last number of years. Um, and she 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 she'll help in that regard to to, to maybe solidify it to, to some respect. But um, you know it's uh, it's Corfin. I I I can't really get a handle on them myself because I know they're, they're offensively they can be very good. It's just that little question mark over the defence um, at times that lets them down. So they have Kieran Fitzgerald in there helping out at the moment. We see what he can bring. No doubt he'll bring he'll definitely bring something to them in terms of tidying it up at the back. But can they do it enough to, to, to make themselves championship contenders? I don't know. Again, I still think it's for, for a lot of these teams, and Corfin being one of them, it's it's a process. It has to be about putting in the, the, the steps in place to move it on this year, to move it on next year, and to get to where to get to get where they want to be for challenging for honours again. It's a tough group anyway, and certainly Corfin, Michael, and Dunmore uh, will know more about themselves with tests against Kilkern Clumburn too. We'll just finish up with the game that's taking place tonight, Friday, in Caltra. Caltra Coons against Anna Down, two recent All-Ireland Intermediate winners, but two teams, I suppose, probably focus on maintaining their senior status. Yeah, and you know what, I've, again, ringing around this week, um, a few people impressed with Caltracoons, um, how much they've improved. Um, you know, it's it's uh, Peter Birch, I think it's his fourth year there in charge. You know, when you have that consistency of manager, um, your your team should be pushing on. And apparently, by all accounts, they, they were lively in the Cone Cup against Kilcurn Clamburn a few weeks ago. So, you know, I'm very interested to see what they, to, to, to what they bring to the table. And, you know, on the, that basis of how well they were, I heard they were going, you know, a Cohen Cup is different than Championship, but I did tip them in the Tribune this week, rightly or wrongly. And it might be food for thought for Anna Down, and they might they might get a kick out of themselves. But chatting to Anna Down, they're still relying on the players that they've had the last number of years. Um, you know, I suppose they, they would have brought through maybe Chelsea Pro uh, from the underage, all right. And she's she to me, she's if she keeps going on the directory, she's going she's going to end up. Uh, one of the Galway's top defenders. I, I, I rate her hugely. You have Chloe Crow there as well. Um, I suppose Neve Duggan's retirement in, in, in this year has, has, has definitely shown them of some experience. But, you, you know, still have, uh, Amy Glenn's another young player coming through. So they, they do have players yeah, around the board. It's just Caltra Coons seem to be uh, showing a bit of form uh, in the Cohen Cup. And on that basis, I went with them. And, just to go back to the curve, we never mentioned Dunmore McHale's and in fairness, again, I, I do think they'll, 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 they will go close to, to Corfin as well um, to give them their dues because they have quality there as well, um, right from Lauren Disk and, and go right down to the far end of the field where I'm sure Sarah Keneally will feature prominently. Um, you have Lucy Hannon there and 
you know, a couple of exciting young players in recent years that are coming through earlier in meeting and Sophie Healy and you know, they're two players that you stand on a sideline to watch all day as well. So, you know, I, I suppose there's a hunger out there for games now, Darren, because only 200 getting into grounds and everything like that. But if there's a low wall in any of these games, I'd be getting there if, if, I, was, if I was a football supporter because there's a huge amount of quality in, in the senior ranks in Galway. And uh, you're, you're going to see some games and, you know, you'll find that hour passes very quickly. Um, when you're watching those games because usually there's plenty of scores. Certainly if we see any cherry pickers around Caltron <laughs> Friday evening or done the horse Saturday, we know exactly who to are looking for. Yeah. Um, see, Stephen, um, I'm working on the assumption that Kilcurrent Clumburn is your official prediction for the senior. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have time to go through the full intermediate, but if there was a club or two to keep an eye out for in the Goey Intermediate Championship, who would you suggest? Oh, jeez, that's... That's that's a hard one, Darren. Um, sure, listen, I'd have to go look down through it again here. This was the 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 Achun uh, cartoon. Like, yeah, that's the first name that pops up there. Um, you know, one of the players that has stood out again in 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 in, in recent times that's coming through is Kate Doherty. Like, it's uh, yeah, I th- I think that a good player, or a couple of quality players uh, at the lower levels makes a huge amount of difference. Um, they got to you know they're there thereabouts I think they can push on but again it's such a big jump from intermediate to to, to senior Um, and what's below what's chasing are all on a pretty even keel Um, so like you probably have St. Brendan's there as well let me see they go down through it Clambor Barna Minlos Cahan and Neavanna Litchamore like looking through it Darren St. Uh, James's Clare Galway second team you know who would rule them out like you're, what you have there Darren is, is a number of teams that are on an even keel and you know each one of those would have players in at under 16 minor at senior level and those players make a huge amount of difference at that level so uh, it's, it's probably the lower divisions are really are harder to call in my book than, than the senior because obviously there's such the, the quality at senior level is, is so great and it probably I've said there's a little bit of a gap but at intermediate level it could go anyway and I'm saying that with teams coming back after four months break you don't know who's coming back or or or, or who, who they've availed and even chatting to Corfin this week they have a couple of players that haven't come back because of COVID um, uh, COVID concerns and that so you, you just don't know and you won't really know what where the form is until you play those first round fixtures. And I'm sorry, yeah, I can't clearer than that. <laughs> no, no, I think it's fair enough too because it is first round games and of course uh, player personnel and at the end of the day health and safety is, is the most important thing. It's so we're all delighted to be back watching games and, and, and players are delighted to be back playing games but it's very hard to judge first round form. Um, Stephen, before I let you go, just uh, a couple of questions about the inter-county scene mm-hmm. and uh, the reason I was uh, I, I held off at the time because I was watching a Wednesday night a documentary RTE had last week on Sean Boylan and I actually thought of yourself in it because you, you have a hurling background but you've I won't say fully converted to, to football but you took on the Galway ladies football scene in a difficult time as well and you've helped oversee a change in fortunes in Galway I know Tim Rabbit is there now and they got them to the All-Ireland final as well but you must be delighted to see that Galway are really back competing for national titles oh, Definitely and I suppose like I would say my part was small in it you know in fairness I, I, I've gone on record and saying I probably took them as far as I as I could do. It needed somebody like Tim to come in and 
and, and push things on. And Tim was there with me in the last year and hugely professional, you know, a great guy. I'd worked with him before in, in a hurling capacity. He helped, he, he did some work here in Crawford when I was over the Crawford Seniors. Like there's, there's a, you couldn't ask for a better guy to push things on and like he'd, he'd tick every box if he can at all. Um, but yeah, it's great to see the quality is there, Darren. It's just a matter of creating a culture where there is that belief to push on a culture where, you know, that you're, you're going to commit not just for the short term, for the long term. And I think you're probably getting that now. Um, I know at the start of the year uh, in January, maybe not as many players came back as Tim would have liked. I think there was 10 at some stage, but with the ladies game, that can be difficult enough. You had girls who were doing final exams. You had girls who were in placement, nursing, working nights. You had all those sort of factors. And they, those are the challenges you face um, face when you're in a setup like that. And again, maybe a little bit comes back to belief that that won All-Ireland final last year. Um, could have won it, probably should have won it. They probably didn't produce their best performance. But, uh, you know, it seems now, over as the league went on, they start getting those players back. And I, I do know that there's a, there's a couple of players that Tim has been in contact with since um, that he'd look to get back in when it starts up on September 14th. So, you know, it's uh, it seems to be going in the right direction. Uh, but again, it, it needs it needs no more than like it's not all down to Tim Rabbit and his management team or even the county boards it's the players themselves to drive it on and in that panel you have some players that will do that um, so it just needs more players to feed into that and, and, and to make sure that they're getting themselves the standard that Dublin and Cork and these counties have got themselves to uh, in recent years When the draw came out and of course this year it remained four groups of three due to the pandemic it was Galway, Tipperary and Monaghan and the initial thoughts is that's a good draw for Galway but well, we know Tipperary and Monaghan to up the sea Staunton face can be potential banana skins and they, they'll fancy a cracker trying to qualify as well. They're, they're, they're dangerous games. You know, sometimes you nearly rather be playing a Cork or a Dublin or a Mayo um, to, to focus the minds um, because you feel that they're but like Tipperary are probably one of the most most improved teams in, in the last number of years. Monaghan had a, 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 a probably gone back a little bit but they'll, they'll regroup down in Division 2 and the, 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 you can be sure they're going to come with something again because that's to have that tradition up there. Um, uh, so in my time there, there was nothing ever easy playing either either of them. And, you know, if Galway aren't prepared and aren't, haven't their minds on the job there, you know, they won't be reaching a semi-final. So they really do need to give them two teams all the respect that they deserve um, if, they're, if they're going to come out of that group. Again, there's nothing easy at inter-county level. There's nothing easy at a championship level. Everybody who competes in, 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 in at, a, at a grade, be it senior, intermediate, whatever, are there for a reason. Um, so it, it's not it's not it's not a done deal by any by any manner. And Stephen, I leave you with this question as well: If Galway can come out with that group, can they win the All Ireland? Yes, I've no doubt, and I've no doubt, and I, I've said it. I think what what's there is good enough to win an All Ireland. Um, like the work has been done, you can see the the progress over the last number of years in terms of the way they go to go about their play. They're, they're they're all the time adding to their game. They're learning their game. They just need to do this. I don't know what effect, of course, the four months off and you know the pandemic and you know they're back in club action now. Like so, it probably be, could be six months, nearly six months before to go back into that intercounty scene again. So what what effect will that have? But I, I definitely think that it's not that far away. It just needs that that extra push to get there. They have the players. They have the young players coming through 
to, to push on everybody else. Um, I, I definitely think so. It just needs that little bit of luck and lady uh, and God maybe to smile down just for one afternoon uh, to, to see it done. Who knows what God could be doing at the end of uh, December there with a maroon jersey. Stephen Gillen, thanks me for joining us here on the Curtain Razor and Sports Stars. Really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully we talk again over the course of the year as we follow both Galway clubs and the Galway Senior Ladies Footballers prospects. Thanks, Darren. Enjoyed it. I'm delighted to be joined now by the Antrim Ladies Football Chairperson, Shona Rafferty. Uh, Shona, first, good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Darren. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great and delighted to have you as well, Shauna, because um, I suppose business is already up and running in Antrim, but we're, we're cranking it up this week now with the start of the Intermediate and Junior Championship. So without a shadow of a doubt, it's going to get even much busier now over the next couple of months. It is indeed. Um, uh, you know, championship is a, is a normally a busy time. Unfortunately, it's it's twice as bad now with um, a number of clubs having to reschedule games with, uh, you know, the kind of COVID restrictions that are coming in. And we've got a few cases around Belfast. So a few of our Belfast clubs have had to reschedule their championship games and that's then having a further knock-on effect. So it's it's been a little more difficult than it normally would have to be. We went through a four-month period of nothing happening and now games are back up and running. But as you're saying there yourself, it's not just straightforward in regards to putting out fixtures, getting games played, because we do have these factors that are unfortunately going to keep creeping up and making life difficult. Yes, absolutely. Um, Fortunately, we haven't had too many cases um, within our clubs, but... The, the potential is there and as you say it's not just as easy as putting a fixture out and the game going ahead you know we have 30 members of you know, the first team players there's 15 on each side you've a referee you've coaches um, there's so many kind of potential cases that we, we have to be very wary at all times and we are trying to ensure that games are safely going ahead but where they can't um, we are working very hard with our teams to ensure that we are able to reschedule so that no one loses out as such because of those kind of restrictions. And so far, so good. These games are generally getting taken place, bar the few that have had to be rescheduled too. And with the, I'm going to talk to you about the league in a moment because you were saying to me off air that the league can influence some of the um, rep- Antrim representatives in the Ulster Championship. But the Intermediate Championship starts this week, and that's going to be a keenly contested contest. It will very much be keenly contested. Um, we have the likes of Moneyglass and Bridget's. Glenavis and Galls, all teams who um, over the last number of years have um, sort of come up against some Pauls either on the way to the final or in the final. Um, and unfortunately for those clubs, obviously some Pauls have come out victors um, for a number of years now. Um, so we, we will see that these, these teams will certainly up their game knowing that the the mammoths of St Paul's are not there to stop them in their tracks this year round. Um, so I would say those clubs will absolutely make the most of our intermediate championship this year. 
because you're not running the senior championship as we're saying, but I'm glad you mentioned St. Paul's because people might, on the outside might look at Antrim and say one of the weaker counties playing lower divisions and playing the junior championship, which we will talk about. But St. Paul's showed last year there's good teams in Antrim. They got to the All-Ireland final and just came up short against uh, Nate Kieran from Offaly. Yes, I know. And, and it's funny, I, I wasn't able to make it to that game um, on the day and I was watching it live on Facebook at home and was was just one of those last minute missed points and I, I hit the table with my fist and it was black and blue for a number of days. Um so and and, and to be honest, I am not a St. Paul's member myself. Um in fact I, I'm from Sarsfields, which is a stone's throw from St. Paul's if you want um sort of some rivalry along the different age groups and different codes. But um uh, that I think on that day everybody was a St Paul's fan. It was just unfortunate for them that they didn't just get that last hurdle. And while they probably have been the dominant force in recent times, and then from everybody who's saying they're behind in the county, will get behind them because an All Ireland victory for St Paul's or any club from Antrim for that matter would give the game in the county a massive boost. Absolutely, um, you know when it comes to our teams competing outside the county. Um, tribalism no longer exists. Um, one of our our hashtags that we use within Antrim County itself is "Saps Together," and we are we very much live by that ethos and that we support every club in our county, regardless of you know it's the boys or it's Camogie or it's ourselves. We will support to the nth degree any Saffron team, um, and and that's more evident within the ladies. And well, I could say this to any county genre, but I mean, I, and any time I, I look up Antrim Ladies Football myself, there's great pride in the county as well as some great players there, um, inspiring younger players to uh, get involved. And I suppose at inter-county level, it's just a matter of just getting a break of a result. You've often beaten teams in Ulster that have caught you in the All-Ireland Series. Yes, funny. I, I was chatting to um, our senior manager today, sort of just getting um, getting a few facts confirmed before our chat this afternoon. Um, and we have a number of players coming back from injury, but we were commenting on how it'll be nice not to have to play for Mana for a change <laughs> um, in the All Ireland Group games. We met them five times last year, and uh, it, it's nice to see a few new faces this year round. Yeah, just when we go talk inter-county for a minute, we will come back to the clubs in a second. Of course, it's groups of three this year with uh, cut-down uh, groups based on the current pandemic. And Limerick mm-hmm. and Derry are there as well, which you'd often have a, a rivalry with there as well. So you have that Ulster battle too. But you have a Limerick side that you know you can compete with on your day? Yes, well, actually, you know, we're we kind of, um, we're very, very hopeful about getting out of the group. Um, we, we're kind of at that stage where we won't kind of accept any excuses for not making it out of the group um, and then at that stage we know we're only 60 minutes from a final and um, with a very young team we have as I said we have a number of players coming back from um, injury including Saoirse Tennyson who was our captain last year and um, she is back and playing club football which we were all delighted to see in the last sort of number of weeks Um, so the team it, it's going to be that wee bit stronger than what counties would have seen at the start of the National League. Um, I think we were very young and lacking experience, but those experienced players are now coming back in. Um, and I expect to see our girls, well, not in Croke Park, because 
obviously our junior finals may not be in Croke Park this year, um, which is another disappointment for us. But I expect to see them there on finals day. I have I have faith in them that have all the talent and skill to make it there. How much of a blow is it for junior counties that it's not in Crow Park? I know the Ladies Football Association probably caught in the decision as well, but it, it well it won't stop people trying to win in All Ireland. As not being in Crow Park does take a slight bit of gloss off, it doesn't. Um, I wouldn't necessarily that takes a bit of gloss off it. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, an All Ireland is an All Ireland final, um, and I don't think any junior player would, you know, sniff at a, an All Ireland medal, um, regardless of where they achieved it. But I do just, I think it will be disappointing for any of the younger players who haven't had a chance to play in Croke Park before, or you know, even for the older players who have played there, but. For the winning team, not winning it in Croke Park will just be that little bit different. Um, not to mention the fact that Intermediate and Senior won't be with us on the day. So on what should be the biggest day in the ladies' football calendar will just be that little bit less, I think. Just a hope it's a one-off anyway, the way things are going. And of course, Antrim have been there the last couple of years as well, unfortunately, against Longford a couple of years ago in the final. But there has been two All-Ireland junior titles won as well. So, you know, there's pedigree there for Antrim if these young players can gel with the, those returning names that she could have a great chance of adding to that trophy hall in December. Absolutely. I mean, last year we were kind of um, we were very unlucky not to make it into um, the, the finals, but... Um, we had a great year and went in the Ulster Championship, um, which was a big lift for the girls, especially having lost the National League by a point at the end, again against Fermanagh. Um, they were kind of friends on our side last year, so we're hoping that we we won't meet them until at least the final this year. And, you know, if it is, then sure that's a, an all-Ulster final, which would be great for, for Ulster at least. <laughs> Selling an Antrim for Man of Finals for me to keep an eye out for which well, if it does pan out later in the year. Um but as you mentioned there as well, you've you pet each other so much as well that uh, it would be a great occasion. But of course at the end of the day for Antrim would be just again no different to St. Paul's and the intermediates, it's just trying to pick up a victory that would just give everyone a real lift in continuing to uh, promote the game in the county. Absolutely. I mean you know, that, that for us to end twenty twenty with an All Ireland win um moving into twenty twenty one, which is actually our twenty fifth year anniversary, um, would just be a massive boost to that start of the year. Um and we're also hosting the well, providing it goes ahead, the National Congress is coming to Antrim um and well it's due in March, April time. Providing obviously that it's not another victim of the, the current pandemic. But um, 2021 be said to be a big year for us. So if we were to bring a couple of All-Ireland medals into, into 2021, that would be amazing. We'll certainly be keeping an eye out for that. And as you said, uh, let's hope that we've come over the worst of the pandemic by then and we can look forward to that in 2021. Just going back to the uh, club championship again now, we talked about St. Paul's and we talked about their pedigree senior level. Are St. Paul's guaranteed to represent Antrim in the Ulster Championship or is there a format for deciding that? So um, we had had kind of talks with Ulster and with National and um, the national team had wanted you know, us to give some sort of format. So St. Paul's had games ahead of going into 
the senior championship in Ulster, um, they weren't content with us nominating them um, as we only have one senior club. So what we have done is we have structured our Division 1 league um, and they're playing their games as if they're championship games. Um, and on deadline day for the winners of the senior championship, for want of a better way of putting it, they'll have to go to Ulster. Whoever is top of the league on that day will go forward. Um, I think I think quite a few people are expecting that, I suppose. Um, but it may not actually be the case. Um, the teams are all could have competing quite hard um, and any team within Division 1 could potentially go forward as senior champions. I was just looking at the Division 1 table here at the moment and we have Moneyglass at top with three wins and three games, even though they're playing the Intermediate Championship as well. So if they were to end up finishing top of the Senior Division 1, we're saying that they'll represent Antrim in the Ulster Senior Championship rather than the Ulster Intermediate Championship? They would certainly give them the choice. Um, obviously, we, we won't put a, t- a club in the position where we'll force them to, to go ahead in the Senior Championship. Um, if the glass were successful at Intermediate, then obviously I, their choice is which do they go forward with. Um, I suppose... I'm not a betting person, but I would put money on that they'd more likely go forward intermediate than the senior, um, which you couldn't really blame any club for doing. Um, that is their their current grade, but I I suspect St Paul's will be the team that will go forward um, into the senior championship, um, as the other clubs will opt for the best option of um, getting through in current championship positions. Just while we're talking about St. Paul's game, I'm just looking here, is there two St. Paul's teams playing in Division 1? There is, yes. Um, St. Paul's have two teams and their second team won Division 2 um, a couple of years ago, so they were promoted into Division 1. So both teams run together. And it's, it's quite interesting because they do have to play each other every now and again. I'd seen that there I think they're down for the final round at the moment but I'm working off the assumption the A team are the team that have two wins and two games at the moment and they're unbeaten sitting in third but with a game in hand Yes that would be correct um, they're, the game that they haven't played yet was actually against um, St Gauls who unfortunately had um, had to call the game off due to a suspected COVID case um, which thankfully came back negative um, but in the interest of safety we postponed the game and, and my piece of June, speaking of St. Gauls, they're sitting in second at the moment. Two wins and a draw from their three games. So they'll fancy themselves to be in contention at the end of the league campaign. They will indeed. Um, they actually had applied for regrading in order to to ensure themselves intermediate um, this year. But obviously with the, the whole county being regraded last year, um, they were automatically intermediate. So it kind of worked out quite well for them. But I would I would say that a lot of the clubs that would be in contention for senior championship will probably fancy their chances better for intermediate and may opt out. Um, but this was one way of guaranteeing that St Paul's would have game time um, for going forward. 
And it's, it's good for the intermediate teams as well. And we will go back to the intermediate in just a moment. But just going through the other four teams in Division 1. I'm looking at Nave Breed there. They might be near the bottom at the moment. But they did draw with St. Gauls. And they have a couple of games in hand if they can pick up some results. Yeah, St. Bridget's are a very good team. Um, they regraded a couple of years ago down to intermediate um, with Glenavy. They both regraded in the same year and ended up in the final together and then some bridges were straight back up into senior but um they had they have a very good team um some young players have come through um and they're doing quite well so it, as i said it's the championships are all kind of very exciting um there's no real runaway winners um that we can see so far there could be a few upsets in the initial rounds um so it's it's just it's one of those every team is comes out and it, it, it's what happens on the pitch on the day and any team can can put that pull that result out on the day you know it's, there's no guarantees in the championship is what we say and it's certainly shown in the table too just we go through the other three teams uh, Kickhams uh, from Cregan and Navena they both have three points as well and I'm sitting nicely in mid-table and I suppose one side struggling at the moment but could turn it around is Con McGee's Yes, Comagees, um, very new to that kind of Division One. Um, they won the championship last year as well. Um, at intermediate, having won the junior the year before. Um, very very strong team in Comagees. Um, just and and to be honest, a lovely lovely kind of family club. Um, it's it's one of the venues I kind of like going to. Um, but just a really nice group of girls who just have gelled so well and, and they also have two teams which they run out um, every weekend you know it, it's football has just completely exploded in the club especially at senior level with as I said two full squads well, Sean, it's definitely a competition we're going to be keeping an extra eye on here in Sports Stats now over the remainder of the league campaign to see if St. Paul's can get over the line or if it's like some money glass or St. Gauls can stop them in their tracks. Let's go back to the intermediate first and then the junior. We won't go through all the intermediate fixtures now. We've talked about an awful lot of teams. If I was to put the gun to your head for potential intermediate champions, who would you say, and also, who could be the potential dark horses? Um, I suppose if I really had to pick an intermediate team, um, I wouldn't look too far past Money Glass. Um, Money Glass have been that have made it to senior finals, and St Paul's have seemed to be the only team that's capable of stopping them. Um, so far in the last couple of years so I I suppose I wouldn't look past them for intermediate um, I would like to see all our teams st- do well I say look at the money glasses uh, statistics there the scoring looks good which would make them favourites but as you said it's a very very competitive competition that there's no guarantees uh, in it and I've no doubt there'll be a few twists on the tail um, Sean a quick note about the junior championships is there one or, any one or two particular clubs we should be keeping an eye out for in those respective competitions Junior is an absolute it, it's probably going to be the most competitive um, because we have a number of different teams in there I mean we have Court Namona who um, are a Division 1 
team and a number of years kind of just a few years ago just kind of ran rampant through the divisions um, and they, they have a very strong team um, Fernandes have a very strong team they're also a division one team as are Craigan um, and then you've got the likes of St Paul's second team are in there Monagas have a second team in there um, you know so there's there are some really strong teams um, and it, it just it really could just go anyway I honestly couldn't even with the guns in my head pick a team that would actually come out on top for junior it absolutely is just anybody's game we certainly will be keeping an eye to see who comes through those games and also who goes on to represent Antrim uh, later in the year in the respective provincial club championships. Shauna, thanks a million for talking to us. Absolutely brilliant to chat about Antrim. And as we say, we'll be keeping an extra eye on the Division 1 league now towards the, its conclusion and to see who does come through that section and all the sections, intermediate and junior, for the uh, provincial championships later in the year. That's brilliant, Darren. Thank you very much for having me. It's, um, it's, I, to be honest, I never turned down an opportunity to talk Antrim or ladies football, so any time. So before we finish up, let's look at the ladies football fixtures for the weekend and starting with tonight, Friday, in the Mead Senior Ladies Football Championship, Dunboyne take on St. Michael's at 7 o'clock. It's Old Castle against Boards Mill at the same time. Nafina meet Donamore, Ashburn and Sigilstown take on Simonstown all games at 7 o'clock. One game in the morning in Senior Ladies Football Championship. Emmy Vale welcome Emmett Oak also at 7 o'clock. And it's the Tyrone Senior Ladies Football Championship. It's Dunamore St. Patrick's against Spirin Oak. That's at quarter past seven in Greencastle. And the Galway Senior Ladies Football Championship. Tyrone at half seven in Caltra. It's Caltra Coons against Anna Down. Moving to Saturday in the Carroll Senior Ladies Football Championship. Benny Carrington Ryland against O'Loughlin at 6.30. At the same time, it's Ratfilly against Mount Leinster Rangers. Three games in the Galway Senior Ladies Football Championship at 7 o'clock in Dunmore. It's Dunmore McHales against Cora Finn. Glenamady Williamstown welcome Claire Galway to Glenamady at the same time. And also at 7 o'clock, defending champions Kilcur and Clumburn welcome Mike Willen. At half 7 in the Armagh Senior Ladies Football Championship quarterfinals, Armagh Harps take on Clon Aaron, that's in Armagh Harps. Carrick Krupp and host Drummer Hill. And Shane O'Neill's welcome Cross McGlynn Rangers. On to Sunday, the Donegal Senior Ladies Football Championship, two games at 10.30, Moville against Nate Connell and Terman host Glenfinn. Full round of games in the Cavan Senior Ladies Football Championship at 11 o'clock, Lacken against Gauna, Lurgan host Arva Kilachandra, Mullahorn welcome Killigarry and Timbleport meet Crosserlock. Also at 11 o'clock in the Leitrim Senior Ladies Football Championship, two games, Ballinamore Sean O'Heslins against Kiltubbert and St. Joseph's host St. Francis. There's four games in the Loud Senior Ladies Football Championship at 11 o'clock. Roach Emmets against St. Kevin's Hunterstown, St. Mocktails against St. Geraldine's, St. Feckins against Cooley Kickham's and Stabin and Parnell's against St. Patrick's. Also four games in Mayo, Holly Mount against Moy Davids, Kilmore Moy face Carnacon, Knockmore host Westport and Swinford Calasser meet Burr in Roscommon, there's three games in their Senior Ladies Football Championship. Clonagh Gale against Kilglasgales is 11 o'clock. Kilbrider hosts the Shannon Gales and Western Gales welcome St. Mary's Tulsk. In the Longford Senior Ladies Football Championship, 11.30 is the starting time. Grattans meet Carrick Edmund in Dunbegin. Dromarda hosts the Longford Slashers. Ballyman Forgani Kilashi meet Clongish. And Kilo meet Bostrom. In the Monaghan Senior Ladies Football Championship at half past two, it's Donna Moyne against Latin. 
And two games in the Tipperary Senior Ladies Football Championship, thrown in at 6.30 in a Harlow. A Harlow take on Kappa White, while at half seven it's Moyle Rovers against Cahir. There's two matches in the Sligo Senior Ladies Football Championship, times to be confirmed, St. Nathies against Gifa and Turles Strand face St. Michael's. Moving to Monday, two games in the Clare Senior Ladies Football Championship, thrown in at 7.30, Kilmehill welcome Cora Clare, while the meeting of West Clare Gales and Banner Ladies will take place in Dunaha. There's also two games in the Kerry Senior Ladies Football Championship, details to be confirmed. On to Wednesday, four games in the Dublin Senior Ladies Football Championship, all thrown in at quarter past seven. Ballyboat and St. Enda's face Fingalians and Porky Muraku. Clontarf meet Foxwell Cabantili in St. Anne's number 34. St. Bridget's face Kilmacud Croaks in Russell Park, while it's Thomas Davis against Nafina in Kiltipper Road. And finally, two games on Thursday in the Tyrone Senior Ladies Football Championship quarterfinals. The winners of Dunamore St. Patrick's and Spirin Oak will face Oma St. Enda's at quarter past seven. And also at the same time, it's Kilchi Hill St. Mary's up against Erua. And that's it for another edition of The Curtain Razor. Our team song On The Verge comes from Joseph McDade and you can hear more from him on josephmcdade.com music. Don't forget to check out this week's Fair Green episode, available now on sportsstars.ie, with three-time Dublin All-Ireland Ladies football winner Neve Collins. I'd like to thank our guests again, Stephen Glennon and Sean Rafferty. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly, and this was The Curtain Raiser. <laughs>